Welcome to another episode of Religionless Church. I am your pretentious and sophomore host, Mason Menega. In this episode, I talk with Garrett Russell. Garrett is the frontman for the band Silent Planet. Silent Planet is a post-hardcore band from California. Their music includes devastating riffs, intricate and melodic bits, theological and activist lyrics, and a love for their fans. Silent Planet is set to release their new album, When the End Began, on November 2nd, 2018. In this episode, you will hear new tracks from their new album. You can get connected with Garrett and Silent Planet in the links in the episode description. In the links in the description, you will also find my website, masonmeninga.com, where you can find more of my work, including some articles and papers I write, other religionless church episodes, and ways to connect with me via social media. If religionless church matters to you, there are two ways you can support. First, give the podcast a rating and a review. This not only offers thoughts and evaluations to others considering listening to the podcast, but it also informs me upon what to improve with the podcast. The second way to support is become a patron of my Patreon page. Patreon is a service where supporters financially support creators. With currently three different tiers varying from $1 to $10 a month, you receive respective rewards for supporting my work. Rewards include papers I write, upcoming Religionless Church episode previews, lectures I create, and much more. The links to connect to and support me and my work, including my Patreon page, are all in the episode description. I no longer wish to be your object cause of desire, as I, with my begging rambling, prevent you from your object of desire of this awaiting episode. Therefore, here it is, Religionless Church. So today we have Garrett Russell, and Garrett Russell is the frontman for a wonderful band called Silent Planet. Um, and yeah, I have been stoked for this. Uh, when when we uh, saw each other at Audio Feed in July, and you mentioned that you'd be interested in in, in uh, being on the podcast, I was floored. I was just absolutely floored. So I'm glad that we were able to line this up, especially right before your album comes out too. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So my first question is the question that I ask everybody on the podcast, <clears> and that is, well, I don't ask them in this specific uh, way. But you'll is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it marry, kill, and, uh, and <laughs> uh, make love? That really, you know what, that should always be my last question for every theologian really that I talk to. <laughs> well, yeah, you should, yeah, you should ask. You should just name, like, you know. Say like Alvin Planiga and Carl Bart and uh, <laughs> you, know, you gotta like yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, I should totally do that. Um, but I mean, my my real question mm-hmm. is, who is Garrett Russell to Garrett Russell? I think um, Garrett Russell to Garrett Russell, Garrett is someone who is um, struggles a lot with discipline, but has a a, a desire to um to 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 really like make like put things in motion and and ha- has is really seeking is really seeking like meaningful like authentic um interpersonal and intrapersonal experience and uh is a homeless guy somebody who struggles with a lot of self-doubt and is afraid he'll never get married but is also really uh pretty grateful I think I think one of one of his few strong traits is being a relatively a uh, thankful person, um, and uh, not he's not nearly as obedient as he wishes that he would be to his father in heaven. But um, but is um, is trying and trying to balance uh, the sort of you know making himself like a child to enter into the kingdom. And trying to balance that with also just like really pragmatic principles for for growth and for um, um, becoming like a servant. So yeah, that's that's him. That might that might be one of the best responses I've ever gotten to that question. I've talked to a lot of people for this podcast, asking them that very question for themselves, and I don't know if I've ever quite gotten that honest of a response. So thank you for thank that. You. That's wonderful. So for those who are unfamiliar, but are soon to be fans of Silent Planet, mm-hmm. who exactly is Silent Planet? Makes you so sure they're soon to be fans. <laughs> I'm almost positive they're going to be fans. Um, Silent Planet is a band that started as an idea. And the idea was that the world has no listeners. The world is just people speaking. And uh, we didn't really know how prophetic that would be um, or turn out to be um, with the rise of social media and kind of what I like to call the self-celebrity where everyone kind of sees mm-hmm. themselves as a, as a figure of sorts and, and, and kind of polishes that figure. Then um, that figure often has little to do with like their um, localized self. But um, so, so we kind of started this idea that everyone Everyone has something to say, but no one's listening. So the goal of our band would be to listen, um, both you know, um, locally to people that we meet and, and to really make ourselves available and make ourselves humble, and also to write songs about things that we feel like aren't really being listened to. So that's kind of the idea of it in 2009. And in 2018, still trying to carry on with that mission, even though the guys who were in the band in 2009 have not been in the band since 2012, I think, or 11. Mm-hmm. So been quite a while of um but um i think i think these current members also respect and carry on that um that thesis or that mission statement but yeah unfortunately the name the band name listener was already taken <laughs> you know it was and it's, it's funny um listener it, it's weird i was actually interacting with him on twitter today i think i saw that today i just like i get in this weird goofy state on twitter where i just i say i mean you've seen it like i, I say ridiculous mm-hmm. things and then a lot of times, I don't know what to say, but I, I want somebody to like, I, I just want to be, I want to exist. And so I'll just say hi. 
So I just said hi to him. And then he said, hi, you're the guy with no shoes. I forgot to get back because I was at the doctor when I read him saying that, but not just, this reminds me to get back to him. But I told him I'm a fan of his music, which I am. And, uh, and yeah, I've, I think Snare was not really a primary inspiration for me, but was an inspiration for me for sure. And uh, continues mm-hmm. to be the Dan Smith. <laughs> which is, he's probably got the best Twitter handle of all time. It's pretty funny. It's so great. Also, I think I did see his last reply that I don't know if you replied back yet, but it's something about how he loves being barefoot. And he, I think he asks you if you love being barefoot too. So just know, yeah, just no, go into I, that conversation knowing that that was the last reply, <laughs> which that's a Dan Smith. You know, it's weird because as this weird thing happens, we're like, this weird things happened in the last two years where because our band, our, our band's like legitimate now in the eyes of most people, whether they like it or not, like we exist, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because like, I think the first couple of years of, of anyone's band, the goal is to get like their family and friends and people that encounter it to actually see it as a real band, not just as like this, yeah. like little, like, you know, this phase of life, um, which, and there's no, there's no shame in only existing for a couple of years, but I think, I think so we, we, we now like exist as like a concrete entity to, to mm-hmm. the people who know that we exist, I guess. And the weird, this weird like shift happens where like a lot of the bands that we would potentially tour with and stuff that we don't know that they're super like, they're super cold, kind of like it'll be, like, oh hey, you know, and 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 I get this vibe of they're like, kind of like, you're not one of us, we don't know you, mm. and it's funny because that doesn't happen if you reach out to those bands when you're like a small band, they're just oh cool, like a, a local band, like hi, you know, we'll be friendly, but there's this weird like capitalistic like, competitive thing that happens with bands mm. where like a lot of times that like, you reach out or something and just like like. 99% of band guys like I'll be like oh that's cool and I know they're not going to respond and they'll probably even I mean for all I know they might be showing to their band members like this guy's such a dork like, he thinks he can talk to us like we don't know him or like we don't have with his band I, I don't really know but it was cool I just said hi to him and he seemed um, pretty open which I kind of figured he was because I've never yeah. met him in person but um, what I what I glean from his lyrics and from his messages and what people tell me about him is he's he doesn't really see himself as like a band dude, just like as a human, you know, who like tries to like make art and stuff. Um, and there's kind of a maturity thing there too. I think a lot of the bands that try to like say hi to are still kind of in that phase where they're a little more concerned with like how many likes they have on photos or like, mm. you know, their merch than necessarily like real, like human shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like this person wants to say hi, like that's cool. Like this, this holy, not, not me, this, you know, having this like, other entity you know like that 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 should be cool to you and i think the more that people spiritually grow up that does become cool unfortunately Mm -hmm. not usually in years but i think as far as spiritual growth you gain a further appreciation for like just the 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 very fact that some other human is like here you know in front Mm -hmm. of you what have you learned about yourself since being in silent planet that's a really good question (laughs) i should (laughs) have known this would be better questions than typical um one thing i have learned i did this interview i'm not going to name names but with the journalist <laughs> from from like a major news publication okay and um it was just it was just weird because like the, the dude was just kind of like reading stuff off the paper and you could tell it's an assignment and you could tell he just wanted me to like shut the hell up and like get to like, like just answer the question immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anyways, that was like the last interview I've done. So this is this is refreshing to yeah, um, no to, problem. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate it. Um, 
But um, what have I learned about myself? Um, okay, first of all, I've learned that I'm way more, I'm capable of being way more type A of a person than I thought oh. was possible. I've learned that I'm capable of um, being actually, you know, quite organized and quite like it. Um, I've learned, I've learned that, like, as I get older, that um, I have to try harder to to get into like an emotional, spiritual, artistic place. That like, I don't know what it is about my life, but but it, but 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 I am growing more like sort of like calloused and, and less hopeful as I age, um, and and I have to work harder to sort of like push counteract against that if that makes sense um i have to like like the natural tide is is i think moving me away from a sense of awe and awe is very important to me and it's in our lyrics this idea of like being in awe mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm having to really um challenge myself to find to find that state of awe i guess and um yeah so that that would definitely be one of them Activism of all varieties is infused in Silent Planet's work. How do you infuse mm-hmm. activism and music? For me, the answer to that has been to look at the issue in the most human way possible mm. and to humanize the discussion as much as possible. Um, to move away from the partisan cliches that like were handed and I guess is um Yoder said and then was later kind of echoed by Shane Claiborne. I think you, you look for this like uh like the kingdom imagination kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you really try to transcend like the paradigm that that we naturally inherit when we look at politics on Twitter or on Fox News or CNN or whatever. And so I think is to really humanize the discussion. Mm-hmm. That I think is like if you if you're really trying to reach across your ideological ideological aisle, so to speak, mm-hmm. one of the best ways that you can do that is to humanize an issue, because I've seen <laughs> I've seen so many people who would pretty much consider themselves pro-war or whatever, you know, really resonate with panic or, and stuff, which is an incredibly anti-war song, I would say. Mm. But because it's it's anti-war in the sense of like highlighting suffering that veterans go through and stuff Mm -hmm. they're able to sort of really not it's not dressed in the lingo that they're aware of you know and 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 that that that, that's my mission with silent planet i can't really say that's for everyone Mm. but i can say that i think jesus to a large extent did really humanize things Mm -hmm. and really like and the the most important lessons were taught like to humans with humans and so um sounds obvious but i think if you look at most political stuff it isn't very human i would say Mm. um and uh and so I guess that's been one of the things I've tried to do is to like put names and faces mm-hmm. on, on a new song that you 
haven't heard unless if you found the leaked album. Um, if you did, <laughs> um, we have a new song called Lower Empire, and it's about um, borders and it's about segregation. It's just about like the different divides that humans create uh, between one another in societies and nationally. And, um, and the first part of the song I wrote, and I liked it, but it was very like zoomed out. And so to zoom in the next like part, I start and I say 13 cold as a stillborn and still warm in his chest. Mm. Behold the crimson lens, peer through the gaps in his flesh, um, bullets raining from Babylon. It's the price of wealth. How can you resist the cycle if you can't resist yourself? And what I'm saying there is, I, 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 there's a very famous photo that kind of sums up apartheid is during the Soweto um, uprising mm-hmm. that, um, that, um, um, that the um, that the black South Africans um, um, of uh, mostly the Zulu nation uh, mm-hmm. were were uprising, of course, against um, their traditionally their colonial oppressors. You know the Dutch, whatever. And and, and it was a very nuanced. You know, I I don't have all the answers to apartheid. It is a very nuanced discussion. But um, uh, there, there's a there's a 13 year old kid who was killed um, during this protest and. Mm-hmm. But it was shot, and and so I, I really wanted to humanize this story of like borders and of people wanting a better life for themselves, and the, the confusion that in, ensues. And so I, I, I say to highlight the the, the horrific, you know, the murder of this kid that that um, that that be, he became like the sort of the icon of this uh, um, of the Soweto uprising. And so um, yeah, it's like an example of something that I've been trying to do is just really like humanize the topic. Um, because I think if, if we can't like look at like the victims and look at people that suffer through things, then as Christians, we've kind of failed, you know, um, uh, cause I don't really buy into the utilitarian, like, you know, whatever works for the most people work. Oh. Right, right, right. I, I just don't see that morality reflected in the gospel. And so I can't, as much as it does kind of make sense and it's like kind of convenient and, and kind of an easy, like apply all methodology, to, like approach to, um, ethics. I, I don't think that it uh it's it's what I've inherited, you know, as someone who's wants to inherit the kingdom, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You also touch on theological themes in your music. What have you learned theologically since being in Silent Planet? Well, I've learned don't call God mother or else you'll get kicked out of the reform mosh pit. <laughs> which I did. They kicked me out finally. I was in there for like a year and a half. I don't know if you know, it's a Facebook group uh, and it's, uh, okay. it, it's, I mean, there's a lot of different iterations of the reform tradition, right, uh, many right, of which right. whichever reform tradition a lot of these guys come from, I don't respect because it's been <laughs> most of arguing if like women are allowed to speak in churches mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. women like have to cover their heads when they're like next to men in churches, just stuff that's like bananas that like, that's the level of like a b- biblical literacy that they're operating at. Right. But right. anyway, um, Regardless, uh, I was in that group for so long. They finally kicked me out. I don't even know why. I just got kicked out one day. But I, I, I got in the group. Someone said, "Yo, this group hates you, Garrett. Like, you need to see this. How, how funny would it be if, if you joined?" So, right. so he invited me, and I, or somehow I forget. Maybe I just asked to join. But I was in the group, and it was funny because um, my buddy told me a few months later, he's like, "Yeah, they stopped talking crap about you because they knew you're in there." So, anyways, they can go back to talking about how I'm a heretic <laughs> and how I lead everyone to hell. But um, seriously uh what, what sorry ask the question again <laughs> what have you learned theologically since being in silent planet above all i've learned to really like respect um respect differing like 
language and experience and how that like how that shades how we interpret god in the bible um i think i just talked to so many people from so many different traditions and like religions and on religion religions and whatever mm-hmm. like this I, I i the hallmark of what we do with silent planet is connection for me and so i talk to people at the at the end of every show you know i just we, we speak about things and it's been really interesting just talking to people in, in their various like experiences and, and like how they see the world because man it is it is really it's been really interesting having just conversations with people and how they see god or whatever and it does change you and um i think when i was younger i used to think that um you know if a conversation with someone could really like change your life um and how you change then you're not like strong enough in your like foundations or something. Mm. And now, to be honest, I think I, I've come to this realization that if I can't be like really moved by people, then I'm completely disconnected from the heart of the father. Um, and, and there's a whole discussion about like truth. And I, I do have a very postmodern view of truth and contrary to what like every like wannabe, like, internet smart person would tell you like it's not that existential people don't believe the truth is a discussion they just uh they they, they believe like the locus of control some kind of is somewhere else you know um yep. they, but um you know regardless yeah so like just people like I, I really learned that um I'll, I'll never have a complete picture of god but i do think my picture of god is is becoming um I don't know, is becoming less like self-centered, I think, as I like really like respect the opinions and the experiences of other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it's, it's crazy how like somebody can be nice. Like I think I was nice my whole life, but also be just remarkably self-centered. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, a lot of like experiences of tour around the world have really confronted and challenged that within me. So yeah, that'd probably be my two good questions. What theological themes do you explore in the new album? Hmm, good question. I'd say theodicy, but that's in every, every <laughs> album, every song, pretty much. Is um, that why you went to the Greg Boyd and Trip Fuller debate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a big reason. And, and I was actually pretty interested in that debate like seven years ago, which mm-hmm. is insane to say, but probably, probably six or seven years ago, I was like the most into that debate. Um, so wanted to see where it was at since i've been pretty tuned out um i'm much more li- i'm much less literate than i probably was like six years ago mm. to be honest with you um but hard living in a van will do that to you yep. i think after a while um but um for the first time i really discussed sexuality in a serious sense um 
and uh, so that, that that's um, in, I think sexuality is just inherently a very theological discussion. So mm-hmm. I think uh, that's one thing. Um, this isn't really theological, but it, it does shade my understanding of God because one, our band's name is Silent Planet, but uh, we really discuss like aliens and other life forms and other approaches like time and language mm-hmm. in a song. Um, let's see. The, um, I think of what other real themes environmentalism and and there is definitely a sense of like i'm writing about that from my theological perspective um Mm -hmm. in the song that's about environmental degradation and how um, i've discovered a lot of evangelical christians kind of like hate the have like kind of an interesting hatred towards the the earth Mm -hmm. um and uh i think links to how they feel about their body um but um there's that discussion and uh I think every album, I hope every album brings me closer to like the gospel or to like Mm -hmm. to the cross necessarily. I remember um, when we recorded our first EP, we were recording with Matt Goldman and uh, (laughs) what a way to start off with an EP, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, actually, it it was technically, it wasn't our very first, but it was was our first good one. I'll say that. Um, (laughs) And so in 2012, we went out to Atlanta with Matt Goldman and Josh Scoggin was coming in and out. He was working on some Mike Chariot stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, what am I saying here? So yeah. Um, oh yeah. So when he left, um, we were talking about, you know, Josh and I said, you know, I, I really admire Josh and, and his lyrics. And Matt said, Matt said that dude has the most gospel centered lyrics in any music I've ever heard, even mm-hmm. more than worship. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting because um is is one it's not worship music you know it's not, right. not like 4a or, or super giant um both of you know bands that i respect and i'm friends with mm-hmm. um, and i thought it was really interesting but i really dug into the cherry lyrics and it started to really make sense that like the, the the narrative of like jesus being poured out um and like there's just this pouring out sense in his lyrics and it's just super gospel can i and say so my, my goal, yeah oh yeah, yeah go ahead. so um one of my favorite theologians, his name is Peter Rollins, and he talks about yeah. how a religious experience is not simply another experience you have, but an experience that changes the way you experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always talked about it. Um, I've always talked about the chariot in that way. The chariot literally has been a religious experience for me. They're the single most important entity in my life. They've changed the way I've experienced theology, politics, sexuality. I didn't even know that. How everything funny is that? about yes, everything about me is completely shaped by the chariot. Well, they, it's funny because that band, yeah, I think that band's informed my understanding of our band more than almost any band, which is so funny. Really? Because musically, we're so different. I mean, yeah, totally. I guess to someone who just abhors like yelling and screaming, they might say we're the same. <laughs> we both yell and scream, but I think anyone who has like a serious musical understanding you don't even have to understand metal you could just break the songs down structurally and musically they're just remarkably different very different. Um, bands um and um that being said i've um they've it's informed me a lot and i, I would love to you know if they ever did a reunion thing go out with them and stuff um mm. because because for my understanding my approach to music 
has like I don't know we've never really been super concerned with like like what genre are we or something like we kind of do what we want to do like one of the last songs we put out was a rock song pretty much Mm -hmm. like not not really a metal song at all and this is coming from the same band where we have like riffs that are you know played with like all all 10 fingers you know what I mean and like and like all this stuff to you know as our drummers on a click track and stuff so like a technical band but we just believe in like writing whatever we think is like cool and compelling mm-hmm. and and um i think that's part of why i don't know i i never i never got the sense that the chariot was too concerned either with like like keeping up their like like po- they were never like really posturing you know what i mean they were just kind of like mm-hmm. just a band and they were honest and they connected with their listeners and I, I really respect that a lot and so um yeah anyways all that to say um but yeah i i, I wanted to I wanted everything I do to get more and more like closer to the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. which is um, something that maybe is even just between me and God, you know, but yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah. What story do you want to share in the new album? Um, sorry, do you mean like what, what story am I intending to share this album or do you want me to share a particular story from the album? Which, which one of those? Either, either one, whatever, whatever one tickles your fancy more that you find more interesting to answer. <laughs> so this album is a story of like apocalypse, a paradigm shift of, I guess mm. what you say, religious experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's basically the same story happening in incredibly global events and historical events and current events. And like in like events happening within the person that we mm-hmm. see multiplied all around us, like the heroin epidemic and, um, like losing a child and things that, um, how, how humans deal with crisis and, uh, and how, how like basically like we live in a circle. Like I really agree with this idea of Ouroboros that like, that's a diagram of the self that like, Mm -hmm. like, like we're, we're moving in a circle and and we're consuming our past and and regurgitating it into the present as we embody the past. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, this that this album's a story of I guess that phenomenon. And then on a small level, I think the song that I'm the most passionate about on the album is a song called Visible Unseen, which I'm actually gonna get the cut for the music video like today, which I'm so stoked on. Nice. I've been waiting on for a while from our absolutely brilliant director friend Kevin. But uh Visible Unseen is about the phenomenon of um homeless LGBT youth in America. Mm-hmm. And I always have to back it up with this fact because people often say like oh that's you know like are you choosing just them um because a disproportionate number of yeah of mm-hmm. this youth identifies lgbt and i think if if, if you know stories of, of individuals who are homeless because they're they're gay or, or, or kicked out of their communities then that phenomenon doesn't really surprise that number doesn't really surprise you mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of have the why probably but um mm-hmm really passionate about that song because it actually asks some pretty deep theological questions i i think um i at one point um embodying the voice of this of basically based on a conversation that i had with a with a young um, transgender person outside of um, outside of a venue in virginia um i said uh, um kind of phrasing something that they said that really stuck with me i say um am i only flawed when i'm alive uh, and I'm a, am I only your child if I live my life denied? Um, and then I ask God, I ask if you benevolence was I made just to be broken. Um, and I, I really, um, 
we had struggled a lot with like tr- trying to, cause like, I feel like I know how God sees these people, but really wanting to ask these questions from within like their crisis, you know? Um, and so that people can like walk through a similar crisis who, mm. and it's really interesting. Cause I, I, I talked to a lot of, I, 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 we, we played a Christian festival and I gave a shout out uh, to like, I said, anyone who might be LGBT at the show. So I probably had like 20 people after the show and mainly want to talk to me about like, you know, is it a sin? Do they go to heaven? Whatever. You know, those questions that I, I don't think are, um, don't really get, aren't really helpful a lot in a lot yeah. of ways. The questions about do they go to heaven or hell or whatever. And in, in those discussions with um, folks, I would really see such a shift between, okay, are we talking about like, like the, the, the gay people? Or like, are we talking, can, can we talk about like a person for a second? You know, mm-hmm. like, like a real a person with a name. And it's so interesting how they speak so differently when, when, when there's a human, you know, versus mm-hmm. like an idea of a human. Mm-hmm. So my, my goal is to really like just humanize that issue with that song. And so I, I, I really am excited for people to see that story in the video that I think, um, the video that, that, that kind of touches on that. Uh, but, um, and I also left a lot open to Kevin, so I'm actually fascinated. Like, I kind of wrote, like, a general sense of how I wanted it to go, but I'm curious to see how it gets played out with actors and, and within all that. So, yeah, we'll see you soon. How does a hardcore show reflect the kingdom of God? Oh man, so well. I think about this all the time. It's funny. There's a hardcore is kind of going through a crisis right now because everyone wants to be hardcore. And the whole idea of hardcore has always been like, no one wants to be hardcore. Um, <laughs> but that being said, um, at its best, when you take out people that like for them, it's like a fashion statement. And then you also take out the people that want to hurt people who think it's a fashion statement mm. and the people that believe in the, I guess the myth of like redemptive violence. If you take those people out of the equation or you take those like ugly scenarios out of the equation, which for the most part, I haven't seen had to deal with very much. I've only seen a handful of that in my days, but mm. we're not really, we've never been like a cool band. So I've never really had to worry about like the cool people who think it's cool to fight being at our shows. Mm. Um, so in my experience, it very much reflects it. And you'll see probably a lot of photos of me like smiling my ass off when we're playing <laughs> shows and just hitting people to the mic because I'm really happy. You know, like I, cause I feel like this sense of disconnectedness and I feel like people are just like leaving behind like all their, like, I don't know, like people are just really coming as they are, I guess to use that like Nirvana, idea, like Nirvana mm-hmm. line, like people are coming to shows as the people they are. And you see people like dressed up because they just got off work and you see people wearing whatever they were wearing all day, lounging around the house. You just see people really able to like just be there. And, um, you know, I, I, one of the most, there's a lot of like satanic aspects of like pop music. I find and just like the utter, just like the, just, just the hate of art. You know, when I say satanic, of course I, you know, I'm sure you imagine, I, I don't mean like, 
it's not it's not because they don't like god or they hate god i mean it's satanic because it's like it commodifies people mm-hmm. and it just completely traps on the idea of like expression and it just becomes all about like power 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 mm-hmm. and it's awful and i think a lot of our genre a lot of people have like turned to this genre because they're just seeking something that's like honest and something that at the end of the day at the end of the day no one is getting rich off this genre well I, there are a few booking agents who got rich off this genre a couple of people who own labels but the people on stage are getting rich off this genre so you have this sense of like there's a sense of like faith that like people believe that this is what they need to be a part of and that 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 this is doing some level of good and so i think that um you see that i don't know kind of the peculiarity you know that people sometimes talk about that christians have lost for the most part you see a lot of peculiarity at those shows and and uh it's really powerful and it's really impacted my life and it's like i don't know like like i used to think the emo goth like like the like the really goth looking people in high school i probably judge them a lot internally and and now like i, I genuinely stand in awe of a lot of that culture and so i think as I've learned to like let go of a lot of my pretensions, um, I've so much more just like learned how to appreciate people for who they are. And this genre really does that, you know, um, this genre at its best really encourages who they are and, uh, you know, um, allows people to, to be honest about stuff that would be awkward to be honest about in society. They could say, I'm a vegan, I'm straight edge, you know, I'm, I'm all about the environment, I'm waste free, whatever. And, and people can say that. And at its best, when it's not turned into this modernist, like cut and dry, good categories, like mm-hmm. the good, good vegans, bad non-vegan. And when people can actually like appreciate like the realities of other people, it's, it's incredible. It's really cool. How do you envision your music relating and connecting to religionless Christianity? I guess to kind of cherry pick from what I was saying earlier, I see it doing so through narrative, through storytelling, mm. that people can encounter these good truths that are true no matter like what, no matter how you approach metaphorical language or no matter what your life mm-hmm. experience is, that you encounter someone else's life experience. And hopefully you have enough empathy to see that, wow, this is sacred and this is a value. Even mm-hmm. if it's not my experience, this is a value because this is a person's experience. And, 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 um, I think that leads people to awe. That That is, I guess, the road to awe that, that I want people to walk when they hear our music, which might sound pretentious, I might sound ridiculous, but that's my hope. Last question. How can listeners get connected to you and Silent Planet? On Twitter. No. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, I think the, the real way to do so would be if you can come out to a show. If you, are, if you are in a place where you think, you know, whether like we come close enough to you or you, I mean, it's not easy. Like, it, it, you know, economically, 
I mean, we do try to guess list. Like whenever I get hit up by people in, in ISENSE, they just genuinely like, dude, I lost my job. I can't afford trail, but I want to come out. We usually are able to get them and stuff. Um, I don't always broadcast that because then you get to take advantage of and you get jaded and mm-hmm. it gets harder, you know, whatever. So I try to keep it genuine. But, um, but anyways, I would say the best way to be connected is if you can come to a show and like listen to it in a local space. Cause I, mm. I, I really am. a. I, I do believe, I believe in our band as a live band. Um, albums are great, but I think the goal is, is a live uh, an experience. And the thing I love about live music is you can't really put out your phone and usually you can't get a good recording of it. Like right. it's just not the same. You don't want to listen to a recording. Um, especially when you have an album. So I love live music when people can just be there and just listen to the music. And then like talk to us after a show, grab dinner with us after a show. Mm. And um, that's the way that I would like people to be connected with us. Um, sure, we're on social media. Sure, you can Google our name and find stuff like that. But that stuff is, 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 is you know, is, it's a type of reality. And ultimately, like, doesn't usually tell you anything about anyone that's really worth knowing. Um, but um and I, of course, I'm, I, we use it because it, it keeps us alive. <laughs> um, right. so, but, but, but I would, you know, for the sake of this podcast and the folks who, who, who likely listen to your podcast, I'd say, yeah, like at a show, you know, hang mm-hmm. out with us, come like really like engage with us, you know. Um, and man, dude, some of the coolest people I've met, they like come out to our shows and have conversations. And I know they don't like us. Like, I know they don't like us as a band. Like, and that's fine. Like, they, I know they don't like our music or, or maybe they think the lyrics are cheesy or whatever. They just kind of believe in like being present, you know, and like being a part of something. Mm. And I, I, that does resonate with me because the only church that I've ever felt at home at, I really don't like their music. And mm-hmm. I could like say that because I, I don't think I'm, uh, any of them are going to find this podcast, probably not. <laughs> but like, I, I don't really resonate with the music. It's not that it's bad. It's just not really for me. But me, like at the time I was over, I was getting over the whole consumer, like Christianity approach to what mm-hmm. church is, which I think most people who listen to your podcast probably already arrived at this conclusion. But that right. was a big thing for me, being able to like go to a church and simultaneously be like, I don't like the music, but I do love like singing with people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and um, for me, that was just part of my spiritual growth. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So come to a show, be the short end. Well, thank you so much, Garrett. This has been wonderful. I love all the yeah, wisdom nuggets you always drop, and you're just you're just a delightful person mm-hmm. and one of the one of the best people in music to genuinely genuinely care about the people that that care about you, and even for those that just show up having no idea who Silent Planet is, and then all of a sudden find themselves in the merch tent talking to you about things that really matter to them and and you talked about things that matter to the, to to them uh, that matter to you, and yeah, I, I I sense that more in you almost more than any other musician I've ever met. So I I appreciate the work that you're doing, and yeah, thank you so much, Mason. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited to uh, to interact with you further. Oh, so-
I hope that episode left you satisfied and fulfilled, so much so that you have no desire to ever listen to another podcast episode of any show ever again. If you would like to connect with Garrett and Silent Planet, you can find links in the episode description. Again, you can also connect to me through my website, masonmeniga.com. There you can find more of my work, including some articles and papers I write, other religionless church episodes, and ways to connect with me via social media. Also, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, if religionless church matters to you, support by giving a rating and review and by becoming a patron of my Patreon page. Thank you for listening to Religionless Church. I send you out with this. May the divine bless you with doubt and keep you disrupted. May the divine make the divine's face of infinitude shine upon you and show you graciousness to your own finitude. May the divine lift up the divine's countenance of justice upon you and give you whole unsatisfaction now and forever. So be it. I'll take my time,